Okay. In Bilvavi Mishkan Evan, Achelet Beis, we're up to page Yud Beis. So we were learning about how the most basic Nakuda that our entire Amuna, our entire Yiddishkeit depends upon is Tzadik Be'amunos that the Tzadik lives by that Nakuda, that point of Amuna. The problem is, at the end of the last chilek of this, the last section of this parak, so the Tzadik was explaining over here that that we have to get past that first stage of helim, of concealment, which says, that, nah, you're ready, you already have a muna, you're a believing Jew, what do you mean, you keep Shabbos, you eat kosher, you do everything. We have to begin from Aleph. So that beginning begins on you guys. That's what we're up to. Hamuna b'chush. Naschil l'nasos u'levaya mahi hamuna pshuta shekol yawad makir. Since we have to get back to Aleph, that's what we're talking about. That means to return to Amunah Pshuta, simple, simple Amunah. We need to know what that means. We already know that Amunah Pshuta doesn't mean that I just believe that God exists. We already went through that last week. Just knowing that God exists, that's a nice thing, but the fact that one knows that God exists doesn't necessarily get you to sleep some time. It doesn't necessarily get you out of things that you don't belong in, just knowing that God exists. Most of the world knows that God, that God exists. And certainly... Most of the world are not. It's uh, not a in, in that. This in that, in that God that in 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 so let's go back to the beginning. He says, he says, let's try to understand what is the what is the meaning of this uh, of simple emuna that every child knows. Shakol echad miyitani yodeya. Every one of us knows. Umahi emuna shalat sar chadam lavat kol yimeichayim. So all of us have a certain emuna from the time that we're kids, and that we have a certain basic awareness of God's presence that we have from the time a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on the family and the school and so on, our backgrounds. But we have that Amuna. What's the difference between that level of Amuna that all of us have from the time that we're children and the Amuna that's necessary in order for us to be Be'amis, Avde Hashem, to serve Hashem? Not just that we know that there's a God, but to be Avde Hashem. What's the difference? Ba'ofen Klali, Yesh Ba'odem Yediyos V'chush Shaltfisas Mitzias Shalhavayim. Generally speaking, each and every one of us knows certain things, and we also are are we have a chush, meaning we have we feel and we are aware of a certain reality of a certain mitzias that surrounds us. In the verse of the Rambam Kitshutam, very simply put, Ladugma, example, page your base. Adam A person knows that if you add together five and eight, you get thirteen. <coughs> When we were very, very little, before we started study, before we started learning math, we didn't know that eight and five equals thirteen. They taught us in school. Now we know that that eight and five equals thirteen. Luma on the other hand, so they they have something that was acquired. But whatever grade in kindergarten, in first grade, was acquired that information, and now we know that eight and five is thirteen. Lumazais, on the other hand, Laudam Yeshnam Yad Viregal. A person has, with God's help, a hand, has hands, he has feet. Does he know that he has a hand? Of course he knows he has a hand. 
Abdul Hayyadiyya Shayyayish Yad. This knowledge, this awareness that he has in her hand is not the same thing as being as knowing how much 8 and 5 equals. It's a different type of knowledge. What's the difference? His intellectual awareness that that he has a hand is not what comes first. What comes first is what? A chush, a hergish. And it's very wonderful to watch when babies begin to realize that that thing out there is mine. Right? When in the beginning they don't know what that is. So you have a baby will give himself a clap, and the baby will give himself a pinch. He doesn't know what it is. And at some point the baby realizes that this thing has a shayichist to me. And he has a hergish that this is me. That this hand is who I am. It's part of me. So there's a difference between knowing 8 plus 5. That's a piece of intellectual information that's, that's outside of me. And that's driven into me by my math teacher. And then I know it for the rest of my life. When it comes to knowing, every one of us knows that we have hands and we have feet. But what that knowledge that we have is in the Kudachit That's an external knowledge, meaning that's that's just a, an intellectual awareness. What's more important, and what's the beginning of that awareness, is Reishas Lufneha Kol Yeshlo Yad Vazui Etzim HaMetzias. This is the actual, this is my Metzias, my, my, my body, this is who I am. I am a person that consists of, um, of hands and feet and so on. That's who I am. Vulchash is Esam Hametzis. It's not something that he just knows. He feels it, that he has hands and feet. Mikan ve'elech in Yeshlo, ha'reyodeish Yeshlo Yad. And of course, then, if, if with God's help he has hands and feet, then he knows that also in his seichel. But that's not how it initially began. His initial understanding was that I feel this, this is part of me. And later on he understands more what it means to have a hand, what it means to have a foot. The baby feels that, a child feels that before he understands even what the word hand means, or what, the word, what it means to have a foot. And if God forbid a person does not have a hand, it's not because we have to explain to him something intellectually. He first feels that there's something that's missing in his body that other people have. What this means, there are two halakim, there are two parts. Each and every one of us, to begin with, from the time that we're in this world, we begin to sense reality. We have a chush for reality. We feel it. We feel reality. Then there's another layer beyond feeling and sensing reality, which is, I begin to become intellectually, intellectually aware of this mitzvah. Baruch Hashem, kol achad mi'itanu zeich v'yadeh as yadeh ki yesh b'ari l'aylam. Now this is going to sound, this might sound shocking, but it's not at all. Every one of us knows intellectually, because we were taught, the same way we were taught that 8 plus 5 equals 3, somebody along the way, at a very early stage in, in our lives, when we come from homes that were, where our parents were believing uh, Jews, so we were taught very early, 8 plus 5 equals 13, and also one of the things we were taught even before 8 plus 5, we were taught, that there's one God. And if it was very nice, then they said to you, and God is very nice, and He loves you, and so on, and we're not quite sure what to make of that. Is He like this with a white beard? He's like an old guy sitting on a chair. Like, what does that mean? But we have this piece of information. 8 plus 5 equals 13, that's one thing that I know. I also know that there's a God. And well, who is this God? He always existed, He knows everything. And if somebody asked, if a kid asked, like, what does that mean he always existed? And somebody told me, don't be a shagitz and don't ask questions like that. Just know that he always existed, right? And that's the information that we have. Like, we know that 8 plus 5 equals 13. 
That's one way to know God. To know Him the same way we know myth. Let's look now at the Moshe we gave. Let's go right there, one second. Let's try to let's try to understand better. Let's try to dissect. How do you and I know of God's existence? How do we know that? There are two ways to know something. One is intellectually, the other is intuitively, in a sensory way, that I feel it. So let's let's see, how do we know God? We all agree that we know God. The question is, how do we know Him? So, To what category does our knowledge of God belong to? What category? Is it the type of knowledge like, is it in the category of 8 plus 5 equals 13? That's called knowing. Or is it the type of knowing the way that I know that I have a hand and a foot? So? and <laughs> But, but the altar from the Vardik wrote a sefer, a very famous Musa sefer called Madregas Haadam. Obohu Mavarba Arichas Kiyeshna Yediyash Lamitsiyas, Vyeshna Khush Shamitsiyas. This distinction between knowing reality and sensing reality. This chilik is discussed at length by the Altaf Mavardik. These are two completely different worlds. <coughs> Knowing something in the mind and sensing and feeling something are two different worlds. Knowing something and understanding something intellectually and proving it, Heli, proving it also. That's Givaldic. That's a Dover Nifla. Terrific. And it's very satisfying when we're little to be able to understand how 8 plus 5 equals 13. And if we have a hard time with it, then the teacher put on the table some apples and whatever and said, oh, this is, here are 8 apples, here are 5 apples, and now we have 13 apples, and that's Givaldic. It feels good. And at any stage along the way, when something makes sense intellectually, especially if it's proven somehow that this is an empirical truth, or so-called empirical, even though there are many empirical truths that have been disproven over the years, but let's say it's holding at that time in history where 8 plus 5 is still 13. Although if there are real scientists in, the room, in this room, they'd be questioning that also. We just don't, I don't know if we have real scientists now. We have big, big financiers, but I don't know if we have scientists. So, because re, a real physicist would, 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 would not... A real, a real physicist would not be so comfortable by saying that there's absolute proof that 8 plus 5 equals 13. He says, he says he's an accountant, so he, he says, what, what, what do you want 8 plus 5 to do? <laughs> 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 so, there's the idea, and the idea, it's wonderful, you know something, that's good. 
and something which is obviously very important and very and very precious to know something is good. Still, the distance between knowing something intellectually and knowing something because because you feel it intuitively, like your hand is your hand and your foot is your foot, he says is a very very big distance. We're going to learn that it's the distance between a regular, nice, intelligent Jew and a and Tzadik Yisad Eilam. There's a big distance between those two. Adam enim page gid gimel. Adam enim asugel eshkach sheyesh lo yadayim. You can't forget that you have hands. You can't forget that. Sheyesh lo reglayim. You can't forget that you have feet for a moment. Oshuhurava v'shomeya. Or that you're able to see and that you're able to hear. Every single second of your waking hours, you are aware of your hands, thank God, and your feet and your eyes are watching and your ears are able to hear every single second that you're awake. This is the true definition of Amunah. Are we interchanging knowing and believing in the same way? The Rambam switches, the Rambam switches between the opening of Sefer Mitzvahs and the beginning of Mishatayr between the words Yidia, Leida, and the, and the word Lahamin. Which in Sefer Mitzvah is Lahamin, and in Mishatayr it's Leida. And there's a lot of ink that has been spilled trying to explain. They later on discovered that it was a diff- it was a mistake in the in the in the printing. <laughs> but the emphasis that. Uh-huh. Since you say that Anoki is is, is is you have to be Mamin, that's a positive. Uh, I'll say. The Rambam Kassir is the, is the first of the Mr. Sase, is Amunah. There is a level of Amunah that is so strong, that's what we're talking about, that it, that it, becomes, it becomes a Yidiyah. But uh, therefore we can't say that they're interchangeable. We have to be careful. But we don't need to get into that whole, all the polemics about Leida and Lahama, which is this swarm written on it. And there's a very, very important difference between the two. But for our purposes right now, let's try to keep it simple. This, this chush, this awareness, an intuitive hergish, a feeling that a person has, that is that cannot be, for a moment, forgotten, can't be, for a moment, ignored or dispelled. That's, that is amuna. Now, obviously, we have to talk much more about that, but that's the nakuda of amuna, not, uh, not that eight plus five equals thirteen. Or not that my father told me that there's one God. Even though one of the one of the ways that we believe is that we have a Kabbalah from our ancestors. So we were taught by our ancestors and certainly when worse comes to worse we always have to fall back. No matter, even if you're having a hard day feeling God's presence, you have to always fall back on the Zaydis and the Babis. We have to always, always live as Jews. Because even if for whatever reason we're going through something, we don't feel God's presence, we always have to accept the Kabbalah that we have from the others. But the tachlis of Amunah is not just I believe, why do you believe? Because my Zaydi believe, or my father believed, my mother believed. That's not the tachlis. We weren't put into this world to repeat something that we heard from our parents and grandparents. We need to do that. We need to do that because we, we're, always, we're always, God forbid, in trouble, in, in danger of slipping in our own chush of God's presence. So that's why, that's what the Siddiquim say that we, we don't begin by asking, me kilokane. We first say, ain kilokane. And then afterwards we ask Kaisers, Mikalakana, Mikalakana, but you begin right away by saying, Ain't Kilakana, there is no one like our God. How do we know that? 
That's what I heard from my parents, and I heard from his Zaydas and Dovah. But the Tachlis of Amulet, for which we were brought into this world to be Dovah, to be attached to Hashem, is not, why do you believe? It's because my father believed. We see that a lot of kids, they're not buying that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can tell them when they're little, and it's very cute, and they get an upshare, and they start to think about things, you know. It's very, very nice. At some point, the, the child either acquires his own Amulet, or he doesn't. And it's not good when a person does not is not is not himself a mom and for any other reason other than it was told to him. Because that idea, as as strong as that piece of information is, and as many proofs as there is, as there, as there are, for God's existence or for something outside of himself that he heard information about God, ultimately, ultimately, we get back to the same issue that we spoke about last week. That's not going to necessarily save you from the Nisianus of this world. That information or that Kabbalah that you have from Yazidis is not necessarily going to make you into a person who is David Bashem, who is attached to God, who davens with the fire, who learns with the fire. All of our parents believe in that. It doesn't necessarily have any bearing upon us. Nevertheless, we never ever ignore the Kabbalahs that we have from our ancestors, God forbid. But that's not the Tachlis of Amun. Why do you believe? Because my father believes. That's not the Tachlis of Amun. It's in case of emergency, you have to pull that out. That's for sure true. In the absence of your own Amunah, so you have to say, I'm just an Elicha person, that I have to just go, my father, my grandfather, no. yeah, so I'm going to keep on doing it. So if, so if somebody asks you, you know, why do you have to say, uh, why do you have to say this piyat and slichus, you know, uh, so the, you don't understand what you're talking about, so the, te- the terrorist is, you should try to understand it. But even if you don't, you have to keep on saying it, because why? Because your father said, and your grandfather said, that's why you say it. But that's not the tachlis. The tachlis is that you should have a chush for that for slichus. You should have you should you should have a hergish for it. You should feel it. You should you should cry over it and, and be filled with be filled with excitement over over it instead of wondering, you know, how can I get this over with? So, when your emun is only a kabbalah from the others, then most of the time you're wondering, you know, where do I find the quickest minion, or no, you know, or how do I avoid getting caught not going to minion, and so on and so forth. Where do I find you know, people the longest break? And all of these questions come as a result of of having an emunah that's completely based upon upon what was and not what is. What is is the emunah we're talking about. That a person, every single one of us, Bez Hashem, if we work on it, by the time we finish this sefer, if we work on it, it doesn't happen just learning something, because then it's just the idea. So then it's very nice. You can go home and tell your, tell your wife and your kids and say, I learned such an interesting thing today. There are two types of emunah. There's a emunah that's called yidi and there's a emunah b'chush. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and we'll talk about the emunah b'chush, you know, for the next 50 years. It's just interesting. And we can say, well, and give her a nice thing and give her a bar mitzvah. There's Shabbat Baruchas. They say, you know, that chazan kalitz, you this bechin of emunah, this shabbat. That's not the point, and that's not why he's writing the sefer. We're, we're, we're in a project, and the project is how to how to upgrade our amuna from being an amuna which is eight plus five equals thirteen, or your father told you that the, the, that you think the world is from nothing. That God, somebody made the world, and that, who's that somebody? He's called God. Okay, so because of that, I, I have to put on film. Yes, because of that I can't I can't talk to the wrong kind of people. No, because of that, I can't I'm not supposed to look at television. No, all of that because you told me when I was a little kid that there's a God. Yeah, but I didn't tell you that God also doesn't want you to have a television. Okay, so now you're adding new stuff. We just started off, you told me there's a God and He loves me. Now you're having like all this stuff is getting added up and you're making my life very uncomfortable. So if your Amun is not Amun B'chush, then your relationship with God begins to, over time begins to get very, very uncomfortable because he, cause this God who you don't really feel is, 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 is expecting a lot from you. 8 plus 5 equals 13 doesn't bother you much. Those I'm 14, I don't really particularly care. It's 13 is 14. 
and that doesn't make much of a difference to me. But if you're telling me that that that, that I have to be an observant Jew, and I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do that, and I have to do this, I have to do this, have to, and my whole emuna is an emuna which is only intellectual, the, the the wells begin to dry, and you you lose your chush. So you find yourself for Yiddishkeit, and you find yourself. If you're already older and you're like married, then it does look nice, you know, not to be religious anymore. It doesn't look nice not to go to shul. So you try to get to shul as fashionably late as possible, you know, without your wife thinking, you're, you know, you're not picarious. So you look like you're busy, you pitter-patter around the house a little bit Shabbos morning. And nobody quite, I, I never understood why people come to shul late on Shabbos. Better not going at all. <clears throat> I didn't say it's better not to go at all. But it's better than not going at all. Wake up late. I'm a person that happens that a person wakes up late, and it also happens that there's problems in the wife. It, it doesn't feel so well. There's something that they need to help out with the kid. I'm not talking about something that happens. I'm talking about people who come every single week late. No, no, yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's Shabbos morning. You don't have to go to work. So sometimes you pay for your ticket. I can say, and I said, I played what I do. Take a, take a cup of coffee. Shouldn't go at all. But that's exactly my. I'm not talking about that. But my point is, the point is that why? Why is the, the devil made you do it? Mm-hmm. What is the eight Sahara? Yeah. You wake up in the morning and, you, and, and the answer says, Seven Shokhanah, right? Don't wake up at a bed and all the same in the summer. It's hot outside in the winter, says, Sleep some more. Right? It's, it's, it's brought down. That's the time it's brought down. It keeps the Shokhanah. It's the first symptom. Everyone has it. So then don't dominate at all. Don't go to Shul at all. No, you gotta, you gotta go. But you gotta do something. You cannot do nothing. That's wrong. That's the wrong Hashkafah. I have this problem. Maisha, Maisha, I, 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 I
to miss yeshiva every day, come half hour late. He would never allow that. And he himself <coughs> has inyonim of taivis and yetzaharas or devils with horns that say, stay in bed, tatala. It's not good for you to get up. Whatever it is, that's, I don't care about that. And I don't care about, I'm not talking about whether he should go to shul. Of course a Jew should go to shul. He could go to shul. That's not the point. The point is, what's wrong? And what's wrong is that the, that that Jew who's lying in bed when shul starts at eight thirty and it's a quarter to nine he's lying in bed and he's thinking about his taivas and he's thinking about his eight saharas. What the problem there is that he knows that there's a God. He knows it just like he knows eight plus five equals thirteen, and he knows that God expects him to come to shul Shabbos morning. Not teruts him a hand in the head. You work so hard. It's so hard for you. He knows also that God doesn't care about that narish kite. That God says you have to get to shul on time. And our parents and grandparents dive in Shabbos morning also at six thirty, six o'clock in the morning, and they work fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hours a day. Right? They were hardworking people, and I don't mean sitting at a desk. I mean schlepping and carrying. Right? So God knows that we can get to shul as hard as we work. He knows that we can get to shul. The Shilas, why are you lying there since you know that God exists? You know that God demands that you get to, to Shul because you quoted yourself the first time in Shukhanar. You know that God wants you to get up, he's Gabra Ka'ari, like a lion to serve him. You know all of that, but Shluft Vaita. And you still, you still sleep. Don't make jokes. You sleep. No, I'm not, I'm not oh, so you still. No, I, oh, what's the answer? So, so what I'm saying is Right, that answer of the eight Sahara When a person knows the, 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 the knows that it's the eight Sahara Does that ever does that, does that ever get a person out of bed? I'm dealing day and night with, with I, I was on the phone today for an hour and a half with somebody Who has the eight Sahara He has the eight Sahara, you'll excuse me To go to girls on the street To pay for them on the street And to and to smoke pot So you know what, he, he's, he's in very good shape Because anytime he ever heard his shmuz Anybody ever told him that the things that why things wrong in your life, you have a yetzahara. Shkayach. I have a yetzahara. Today it's called this, today it's called tomorrow, it's called that. That's a, I'm not, that a lack of a mudah? Yes. That's, but that's the exact point that he's making, that we're making right now. Believing in Hashem intellectually, knowing that like that God exists, just like 8 plus 5 equals 13, is not going to necessarily help you overcome the yetzahara. What will, what will help you overcome the Yitzhahara? What is guaranteed to overcome the Yitzhahara? Emunah B'chush. What the Madriga told them, what the altar from Nevada was talking about. Emunah B'chush means when you feel God's awareness. You'll never have an issue if you, if you feel a migraine headache, you feel it mamish pounding away in your head. You'll never have, you'll never have to be told... Why, why, why don't you lie down? Why don't you take some aspirin? You'll never say, my Yitzhahara wants me to stand up. My Yitzhahara says I shouldn't take any aspirin. <laughs> you have a Yitzhahara thing? Something has to be a lunatic. What does he say? Why doesn't he say, my Yitzhahara is telling me to stand up? My Yitzhahara is telling me not to lie down? My Yitzhahara is telling me not to take any aspirin? The terror says, because he feels the headache pounding away. So how do we feel Amun in such a way that, that, that we feel it so strongly that the Yitzhahara doesn't keep us in bed? The same way I have no Yetzirah that keeps me away from taking an Advil if I have a migraine headache. It's not an answer, my horror. What does it mean when someone says to you, what are, when, someone says, when someone says to you, when someone says to you, the reason that I'm not taking any medication is because I have a Yetzirah and I take medication. Uh, now you see, you say, look, 
Same thing with Hashem. Same thing with Hashem. You, you never have that. That's why we're learning the Sefer. That's why we're trying to... I'm not saying that I do. But we're, together we're going to try to get to a point where Amunah is an Amunah which is Bechush, where a person mamish, mamish feels the, that, that presence of the Rebbe in such a strong way that not to get up and run... A person sometimes oversleeps, but not to try to run to Shul is so far from him the same way it's far from an, a normal person not to take care of his migraine headache. That's how. That's what it means. Amunah b'chush. That's why the reason that that I express myself so strongly because the Yitzhak, That's the classic answer that's given by everybody that's growing up and going through the system, the yeshivas, and it never works just to say it's the Yitzhak. because nobody seems to be upset enough about the Yitzhak to do the opposite of the Yitzhak. And the, those few times that he is, it's very hard to sustain that. What keeps us as Jews, and this is what we talked about last week. What keeps us as Jews? You remember I was talking last week. I don't know if you were paying attention if you were listening well it keeps us a juice you can get a number three hurricane a number four hurricane remember I was talking about that so good so then fine so then when a person gets that kind of an sign that's very very strong to say well I guess it's my Yetzirah that's why, that's why I, I failed that's what's going on in the world that's my Yetzirah so you were able to label it what do you do about it so the Territz is unless a person develops an amuna, which is an amuna b'chush where he feels the Rebbein Shalom Mamish every second of his life the same way he feels my hand is hurting I have a migraine headache that a person should feel that presence of the Rebbein Shalom in such a strong way he's not going to be able to ultimately it's a question of which Yetzirah and when the Yetzirah comes then you, that doesn't mean you can't go to work. You can still go to work. He's not. The safe is not only written for people sitting and running there. Let's let's invite them. So he says, Zuhi ha-gedorah amuna. This is the true definition of what amuna means according to the Torah. There's not chasidus. Adarabe. This this the site of this hill comes in, is defined more in the Swam of the Alter from the Vardik, who was who was not a chasid. All the Swam Achdashim talk about this. Again, I don't know him personally. I was told that he does not come from that. He's he learned in the yeshivas, in the Lutfish yeshivas, but he himself now is very strong in the chesidus. But he's somebody that has both worlds, very strong, very strong, both worlds. <coughs> so he says, Zulia hakdor hamitis shalamuna. Amitas himotsa yisbarachi hamitzias amitas biyaisa sheyeshna. The reality of God's presence, that's more real than my hand and my foot. Which you would say, there can't be anything more real than my own hand and my own foot. They can't. They can make anything more real than that. No, the reality of God, we don't see with our eyes. That's the olam. That's the olam. That's the helam. The concealment. But the reality of God, the reality of the Rebbeinu Shalom, is more real than my hand, my foot, my headache. It's more real than that. There's nothing. That's the Rambam begins Mishnah That's Amitas Mitzvah. The, the true existence of all reality is God. Well, everything is God. That's the true. That's the true reality. There is nothing that exists more and is more true in its existence than God. Everything else besides God is not a creator, it's created by God. Everything else is already second level creation, third, fourth, fifth. 
So this table originally was created in some other form, and then the people in the factory they took this thing, they took that thing, and they and they worked on it, and they were able to make a, a, a table. If we go back with this table to where it originally began, as an element, whatever this is made from, no iron or whatever it comes from, or how we got the original wood and the formaikechvayis, all these things. If we go all the way back, when we trace anything back in the universe, we, when we get to the first stop, it's always the same answer: the Rebbeinu Shlom. It's always the Rebbeinu Shlom. Right? So the question is how long a far how far along that line, how far away is it from the from its first moment of Briya? But there's only one thing that exists and always existed and is because it is, and that's the Bernishlam. Everything else is something that was created. Our hands and feet were created. The Rebbeinu is the creator. Everything else is created. So there's nothing whose mitzias is as real as the creator's mitzias. Everything else is from him. And as he as he produced these things, trees, and he gives the person, the, let's say, the help that, it, that he needs in order to take the tree and somehow make it into a wooden table and so on, and then somebody else had the help to make the to make a paint and someone else had the help to make a brush and they make it together and make a nice painted table. But it all goes back to the Bernstein. So that's, there is no Metzias that's as certain, that's as real, that's as ever-present and completely encompassing as God himself. So he says, Only Hashem is before everything. He was, is, and will be. We're only created. Our hands and feet are all part of that. Created. So it turns out that that true Metzias, the absolute reality that is forever, always was, and always is, and will be, is only one. That's, that's Hashem. That's the absolute Metzias. Our mitzvahs, including our hands and feet, that's already a secondary. We're created. It's not secondary. We come. We think. We think we come from our parents. It's already like a third level. And someone said, "What do you mean? They were grandparents? Oh, so they come from grandparents. It's fourth level. Great grandparents. Fine. But there are there are these are all levels of secondary, tertiary, and so on beyond the original. The original is God, and 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 He is He is the absolute mitzvahs that always was, is, and will be." Whether you and I exist today, we're here. A couple of years from now, a couple of years from now, there's not going to be this, not this building, not this view, and not us. No, no, that's we're not going to be here. Whatever it is, everybody should live in good health. It's not going to be here. Nothing. This is all secondary. Our hands and feet is all secondary mitzvahs. It's a mitzvah that is only here for a short time. It's only going to be here for a little bit, and that's it. There's only one that always was, is, and will be. That's a mitzvah that's here. Every single second that ever was is unchanging, and it's only the Rebbe Rabbi Nachman, the rest of the schools again, he once called in. There was a year that was running through the running through the street there in, in Breslov, and Rabbi Nachman called him in, and he said, "Yankel of your life, what are you running, Yankel?" So he says, "I'm I'm running after my panasa. He's running for a deal, a panasa. He has to get on time. He has to he has to go for run for his panasa." So the Rebbe Nachman said. So Ben Achman said that he says, yeah, "Uncle, look at what do you t- what do you see in this street?" He says, "Rabbi, I see, I see the, I see Moshe, and I see Moshe, Moshe with his horse, and I see whatever Chayis Chayish Prince, and she's going to the market." So Ben Achman said, "He said, 70 years from now, there's not going to be Mishkan Moshe. His fair, this horse certainly is already long time not going to be a Chayish Prince is already over a bottle." 
when are you going to start learning? He says, when are you going to start davening? When are you going to remember the tachas for which you create? It's a hard thing to be pulled out of the way of not like that, right? But, but this building, this this job, this position, this these hands, these feet, this life that we're in, is all over a bottle. It's Ketzel Ayver, we're going to say, it's not so long off until we get to Nisan Atayiket, Keruach Neshavez, right? Like a wind, like a breeze. When you're in it, you think there's no other Metzias in the world. Just like, just like I was laughing, my mother, I was, when I was there the other day, my mother showed me some old pictures, and there's this picture when I was in my driveway growing up in Queens with a, with a bat. You know, I was standing with a bat, and my, you know, uh, I don't know who else took a picture because my parents, I don't remember my parents ever having a camera or holding one. So somebody took a picture and gave it to my parents uh, holding holding the bat. And I'm looking at this picture. I remembered exactly, I, I must have been seven, I remember exactly that day. I remember the whole thing. It brought back such a strong memory. And I, and I could I could enter back into that memory and f- remember feeling that I am the Jewish Mickey Mantle. <laughs> I am a Jewish Shemesh Shabbos Mickey Mantle. This is it. And that Mitzias, just like the Mitzias of a child who screams in the middle of the night and tells you there are monsters in the room and you say there's no monsters, no monsters, the kid thinks you're out of your mind. They're no, you're telling me there are no monsters? There are monsters all over the room. Right? The Mitzias that, that we think are Mitzias, which which as we grow up, there are already thousands of these things that we say it's not Ashka. That wasn't the Mitzias, but I thought it was a Mitzias. So Ibn Nachman said to this Yidin Grestev, but the street, the horse, the job, that's Mitzias. That's the Mitzias. That you're giving up your whole life for that Mitzias. That that Mitzias is Bechlal, that Bechlal is Hayoim Khan, Umacha Bekeva. Certainly a person has to work, and, and he wasn't saying to Yankel, or whatever his name was, that you shouldn't go to work. You're saying, don't, don't run so fast. You have time to learn a little bit in Davin also. There's also time for that. But but what he's saying is that this Metzius of the Bayre of the Creator is the surest thing. It's the surest thing there is. Nimsesh Metzius, I meet this... I'm not familiar with the word Metzius. Reality. Reality. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Reality. So he says, this reality, this Metzius that we're living in, he mishnes. Mishnes means it's secondary. It was produced. It's here. It's, it comes and it goes. It's chadashis, and therefore it's new. There's something new. There's something old. This one gets a little bit older. It dies, and then there's something new. Now, if we, if we are so, if we are so certain that we can look at ourselves and say, this is the mitzvahs. I am. I am a part of mitzvahs. My hand, my feet. This is mitzvahs. The street, this building, this job, this is Matthias. That we that we believe is being reality. We accept as being reality. Allah has come of a kama. So how much more so? If this Matthias, which is only here for a couple of years, this this Matthias is only here for a couple of years. Our Matthias right now. This these hands and these feet are here for a few years. 120, if, 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 you know, and that's a very very rare model that makes it to 120. Very very rare, right? I was reading yesterday that, that, that Simon Wiesenthal passed away, he was at 96, and I had such a simcha knowing that he was able to outlive Kimat all of the Nazis in Shema. Kimat all of them he outlived, right? But usually, usually the, the models don't make it to 120. They're doing better than the old models in the old days, but generally speaking, it doesn't make it. So these hands and these feet and these eyes, it's a Metzius, it's a Metzius, it, it has its brief time in what we call reality. 
But you were born from your king that forever and ever, unchanging. What you say is true and it's forever. Not like what we say, like you were making a joke before about the accountant. It's a it's a good joke because. Well, it's, it's 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 a joke, that, but the joke is uh, the, 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 it means something because when a person says, "What do you want it to equal?" Because you're right. In the business world, it could be one day it could be thirteen, the next day it could be twelve. It all depends who you're talking to. And the next day it could be it could be fourteen. It depends who you're talking to. It depends what time of the day you're being asked. But the Rebbeinu Shalom, Dvarachem Emes La'ad. Emes La'ad. It's forever and ever. When somebody said to the Balatanya, there was a Mastil, there was a so-called enlightened Jew. Meaning what we would, the modern day equivalent would be a reformed type of a Jew. So he got on the, he got on the, uh, on a wagon and the Balatanya, the famous Balatanya was on the wagon. So he saw the way the Balatanya dressed, you know, with a, down to the floor with a coat and with his beard and pays. And he said to the Balatanya, he said, he said, he said, Rabbi, Rabbi, you have to, you have to move, you have to move ahead with the times. Move with the times. So the Baltani said, I'm, I'm moving the times yet. Last week is gracious, this, this week is noyach. It's a different mitzvah. And that's not like a, like you're trying to say, like a cool thing to like outsmart some, some Moscow. That's how the Tanya looked at the world. He didn't, he didn't study Parshish Noach, he lived Parshish Noach. You know, the Ramban, when the Ramban was asked any advice, he only, he only answered from the Parsha of that week. Anything you asked the Ramban, he would answer if it was Parshas Kisavo, anything that came to ask the Ramban, Kashas, Aitzes, the Ramban always answered from the Parsha. Try to do that. Try to do that. It's a very hard thing to do. And what kind of answers? What kind of answers? Because the Ramban lived with Torah Hashem. It wasn't that he knows that this week's Parsha is Kisavo. Is that it is Kisavo. And it was Bechush Kisavo. Not that he knows, like you know, like we know, eight and five equals thirteen. It's like this is my hand, this is my foot. It's Pasha Kisavo. That means the Baruchim is talking to me now through Pasha Kisavo. And if I listen, I will hear every single thing that I need in Pasha Kisavo. Every single thing is in Pasha Kisavo. That's how that's how the tzaddikim live. The Vilna Gaon lived like that too, in such a way. Every single thing is the, is, is is that chush of amuna. So he says, so. You and I are comfortable sizing ourselves up after all, only in the world a short time, and, and that's it. And we say, this is the Mitzvah. This is the Mitzvah. Allah has come and How much infinitely more so do we have to feel with certainty that the Barishalm is the Mitzvah, that the Barishalm is reality? Hashem is the Mitzvah before us, and it's, it's a constant and it's stable and unchanging. When a person's emunah is not only what a matter of what you know intellectually, like eight plus five equals thirteen, or because my father and my mother told me there's a god, but what it's not just in seichel. And it's not just that occasionally you have a big hislavus like a neila or kol nidre, or it's a you know you had a friend's simcha and you have a hislavus. That's also that's very very nice, but that's not it. That's not it. It's when a person lives how that the Rebbeinu Shalom's existence becomes your existence every second of your life, every second you feel His presence. That's who you are. That's what you're living. 
Oz Yeda Nehmanah, then you can know for sure. Then you can know for sure that you're marching in the right direction towards being an Eved Hashem. The, that answer that we were talking about before, the Yetzirah is telling me to do that, that's not an answer that will ever, ever, that will ever contradict Emunah B'chush. It will never able to be, that answer the Yetzirah is telling me, will never, ever be stronger than the Chush that a person has for the Baruch Shalom. It will only be stronger than 8 plus 5 equals 13. Or my, or my father told me, or they told me, a Rebbe told me that there's a God. And then if you have the HR for something, then the HR is always going to win that piece of information. Just like 13 could sometimes be 14 if you want it to be badly enough. You're right. It's, it's, it, there's an emphasis to it. Because your mind will do wonders to accommodate what your tithes tell you. Amazing things. So your, your mind will tell you, you're very tired, you had a hard week, you deserve to stay in the next 10 minutes. Besides, what's the difference? You'll get there by Baruch it's okay. Yes, Maisha, it's good that you should go to shul, even if you only get there by Baruch <laughs> But if anybody, anybody ever tells you that that's the tachlis, and it's, if anybody tells you it's fine, then that person is misleading you. It's not fine. It's a terrible avla. It's a terrible, terrible avera. So that a person should habitually be late for shul because it's saying that the Baruch Shalom, you're not important enough for me. You're not important enough for me. I have more important things to do. I'm tired, I'm whatever. I'm not important enough. You're not important enough for me. So it's not, but, it, but we understand that if a, in order for a person to overcome that Yetzirah, it's not going to be enough just to tell them these things. These are words. These are words. So the rabbis get up and make speeches. Everybody, come on time, come on time. Because if you don't come on time, God's going to be angry and you have to say, I'll hate them. That works maybe for a day after Yom Kippur. Let's say after Yom Kippur. That doesn't work. So the rabbi gives an speech and he brings you, he brings you 15 rayas from, from Shas and Postman that you're supposed to be on time for Shul. So then they talk over, while they're standing on the street, Shul already started 20 minutes ago, they're talking over the lumbus of, of what the rabbi said last week. And it's not so, that's, that's not so. 100% what he said, you could dings you could, you could, you could argue in that, right? Like, they'll talk, like people talk in learning during davening. What are you talking about? The Bible doesn't want you to talk. Is that is that the Pshat Rambam? I mean, this is this is this is what we're living. We're living in, in we're living in a make believe world. Because the real world is that the Bais Shalom is there is is there sitting with you, and he's the, he's a much much bigger mitzvah than the street you're on. He's a much bigger mitzvah than the bed you're lying in. He's a much bigger mitzvah than the watch you're wearing, and and and, and the uh, and the food that you're eating is a much bigger mitzvah. Infinitely, the, the word much is silly. It's not it's bechlal not in the same gather of mitzvahs. When a person, when a person begins to have a moon in the way of chush, and we're going to try to learn how to do that. When a person begins to feel that, the Rebbein Shalom, like he feels his hands and his feet, but even more so because the hands and his feet is only a little bit of nothing for a few years. And the Rebbein Shalom is Melchai Vekai. When you begin to feel the Rebbein Shalom that way, then you're on the path of emes emunah. That's the emes emunah. That's not just knowing something, it's feeling it. And then the davening is the different davening. And the learning is a different learning. And the Shmir Samitzis, Shmir Sainaim, Shmir Sadibur, watch what a person says and what a person. And then, and then when you say to somebody, when somebody says that you have Yet Sahar, don't you have Yet Sahar to stay in bed? For the person who has a Munib to say, because of Yet Sahar, I stay in bed, it's like, it's the silliest thing in the world. It's like saying that the reason for this person's sickness is because they have a pimple. And here you have a, you tell that to a big professor. Someone says, "What's wrong with this person? What's wrong?" And so the, so you say, "What's wrong? Don't you see, doctor? He has a pimple. That's what's wrong." And the doctor says, "Really? We just ran 50 tests on this person, and this person has, God forbid, terminal cancer." And you said, "Doctor, you'll excuse me. I know a pimple when I see one. This guy's problem is he has a pimple. 
the doctor says to you, I'm stu- I studied this my whole life, and I've, and I've looked at this disease, and I looked at the results of the test. That's only how it surfaces. But he has cancer. He said, I don't understand you. I'm telling you, I've seen a million pimples. This is a pimple. The doctor says, it's cancer. So what are you going to do? Our amuna, what we call knowing something, is less than the fool who thinks that he knows how to, uh, to identify uh, a pimple as opposed to cancer. Because our knowledge of God is even less compared to what we know that the professor knows. Much less. Let me raise one thing. Let's say, uh, you know, a person very close to you has died and didn't have mazel and all of that. And I listen to all these words. And how do you, you know, uh, overcome, you know, your lack of amuna when you realize, you know, there are millions of examples like that. Sure. But uh, you can say this and, uh, you know, Hashem is bigger than everything else and all that. But... How do you still overcome? We're not ready, but, but, but that's what I'm saying. We're not ready for that yet because if we would feel it the way we're supposed to, I mean, so I'm going to work on it. Again, this is not some. This is not just a book to read. It's not a kasha. I got news for you. I've met Jews like that. My own parents like that. That they went through unbelievable sorrows, and my father's amun is amun that you can cut with a knife. That 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 is every single second of his every breath of his of his life is amun. So, so how is it possible? Some people can, some people can't. Why is it possible? Why is no, it possible? it's not your father, but you. Right. In other words, how do you? How do I bring that into my life? You know. Right. How do I do? That's what we have. So there's a way to even, do that. Even though there's that ultimate suffering. There's a way to do it. There's a way to do it, and we, we never learned how. That's why when it comes to difficulties, that's uh, on the way here. I was on the cell phone with somebody that he's a wonderful, wonderful boy. He's 25 years old. And, he, and it didn't work out with the shidduch, it fell apart. Something, and it hasn't worked out. So he told me, Baha'u'llah, I'm quoting him, and I love this guy. He said, I'm beginning to feel rebellious. I'm getting bitter about why God would do this to me. And I'm thinking, I want him to be happy. I want him to have a But you know, if, that's your, if you've hit your ceiling with suffering because you're 25 and, and you haven't gotten married... <coughs> I said that you know that I'm worried about Mitzvah Shem when you'll be married a year from now you're already married and you're having a kid and then you start to realize what what really is difficult in life you know and how to deal I'm not and I said I'm not belittling the Agmas Nefesh yes God forbid and I and I said you know you should have a Yeshua and it should be good but 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 the problem is if a person's emuna is an emuna amitis beemis emuna that doesn't blow him away not that it's good. But that doesn't that doesn't push him over the edge. Not 25 years old, and not God forbid if you be 50 years old without Shechas Bechalim. 50 years old doesn't push him over the edge. But if your emuna, if your emuna is not emuna bechush, then you don't need you don't need that to push you over. The slightest little thing, like I spoke about last week, can come and go. And forget about suffering. Everybody has a different thing. That's, everybody has a different threshold of what's called suffering. For one person, the worst thing that ever happened in my life is that you know that that my you know that my uh, my VCR broke. Um, two week, two days I can't watch television So he said if God could cause such suffering I don't believe in him I can't accept a God that would break my television Everybody has a different threshold of suffering The question is How do you deal with that? Or are we speaking about on Shabbos What's your attitude? What's your attitude? But Bamis it means what's your emunah That's all Yeah So then, then, then Saras <coughs> If we can always battle Everything in life with, with emunah If we have a mother that believe in a bunch of them So so, the Rabbani Shalom sends us Messianis, and the Rabbani sends us Saras, and, and we know that and we know that whatever comes from the Rabbani Shalom is always good. But the Maizad is a Messias of Saras, and, and, and it is a Saras. 
Yes, Hashem is wants. It's a very big tzara. Correct. So how? On the highest level of emuna, a person doesn't feel it's a tzara at all. You know. So, 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 so the, the music of tzaras was was talking to the to, to layman. No, they're different madrigas. That's what I'm just not ready for that. The whole. When I, I want to say a good thing, we're not ready for tzaras. That's <laughs> yeah, a good thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're not holding by that. I know. I know that there's an impatience we all have because we understand that if we take this to this, this, this is this is like a, an unbelievable weapon over here, but we want to know how to use it and how we can work that out, and what does it mean? So is I'm it, saying that the word Soros is, is, is got any that, but Yiddish Atul is Nebuchadnezzar. But he's talking because Nebuchadnezzar people aren't Naminim? That's what it is? Yes. Because on himself, with himself, at Tzadik Yisadailam, Tzadik Yisadailam, the aggravation that he has, the aggravation that he has, the Ikit Sar that he has, is what other Jews are going through, not his own. That's like the Rebbe of Zushi said. I never, when, the, when, the, when this person said, I'm having problems, I'm having, I'm having sorrows. So, you know, he said, so the Mizuchimag, he went to Mizuchimag and said, go ask the Rebbe of Zushi. So he goes and finds the Rebbe of Zushi had a terrible life, terrible, terrible sorrows. So he went to ask the Rebbe of Zushi, and the Rebbe of Zushi said, why, 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 why did the Magi send him? I don't know, I have a Hashem of life, and I have any sorrows. So he's not, so he's not naive. There's a, there's a, a baldarga. You know, we have a Kabbalah from the Kadmonim that, that 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 a person who's killed al Kiddush Hashem that when he when he's killed he doesn't feel any pain at all. When he's that moment that he's killed al Kiddush Hashem, there's no pain at all. We have a Kabbalah like that. Just put it down in the post. Don't have any, there's no pain at all. What does that mean, Bichlam? It means there is a darga of emuna that that transcends all the things of this world, all the desires of this world. But the Ratzon Hashem is. That since we know that that this guy and that guy is in terrible pain, just like I know that this that this 25 year old guy is suffering from the the, the broken shidduch, I don't know. I'm, making, I'm not making fun of it. I tell him it's takhet sorry, and I want to help him. Maybe we have this idea for a goal. That what can we do? Because he's because he's suffering. It's you know, he's going through something, and, I'm not, and it's not chalil to ever belittle that. But on the highest madrega of where a person comes to the point where it's ayin and yesh is the same thing. See, we think this world is something that's made from that comes from nothing. The, the tiny little from explained that's just the whole thing is really not true. This world is nothing and it comes from something. And from that perspective of what something is, meaning the Rebbeinu Shalom, this is nothing. This is nothing. One of the tzaddikim, when he died, before he died, he promised that he was going to he's going to uh, make a big tumult about Mashiach coming when he gets to Shema. Before he died, he said, "Don't worry, I'm going to take care of it." So then the, nothing happened. He died. after Shiva, you give till Shiva to. After Shiva, nothing's going on. So then what happened? He promised Mashiach he's going to do something to make a tumult. So this is a very upsetting story. The ending of the story is very upsetting. What happened is that finally one of the big tzaddikim of the generation said, I'm going to go find out what happened to him. He made such a promise. I'm going to find So in his dream, this tzaddik was able to throw his neshama to go see that tzaddik. And he says, and he said to him, Rabbi, what about your promise? He said, what? He said, what do you mean, what? What about the about pogroms and about tzaddik and about the, the, the almond and tzaddik down the block? And the, so the, from Shemaim he says, I don't see, I only see five. I only see absolute. The reason that's upsetting is we're hoping that they're all upset up there and screaming and yelling. And this Sadiq said, I only see Taif. Some say it's the original, others say it's the Caduceus lady. I only see Taif. There's only Taif. It's only good. There's a Madrega, it's a Madrega. We're not holding there yet. But if we work on this Be'amis, It'll get a lot better to deal with things. A lot, lot better. But why? What does the tsara mean in Mitzias? Okay, we're, we're gonna. He's gonna talk about it. He's not trying away from anything, but we're just not holding by that yet. So, okay, Mitchell, Next week, it's time for Mincha. Next week, we'll finish off this chelik, and we'll finish off the parak. Mitchell, Next week, we'll be able to finish the parak.